If I'm a small operator or a first time operator, what are the main points in my tech stack that I just have to have? There are things that you're doing on a daily basis that you might not recognize that are going to change self-storage. Think about when we travel now. I don't have a ticket in my hand anymore. I'm literally staring at a camera as I'm walking through the gate on international flights. We know this, these things, but are we applying them to self-storage? And are we looking at those efficiencies, right? Like if, if I can expose variable amenities to a customer on the fly, like maybe access control and start to create loyalty programs and such, those are big. No single tech company will ever solve all problems. No way. You have to be, you don't have to do anything. You can do whatever the hell you want. Your, your investors will suck wind. You got to work with vendors that have the ability to, to expose information or have the creativity. Is it better for the customer? What's up everybody? And today we have an incredible episode, but I need to preface this. I have been traveling. And so I am interviewing Lance Watkins, the CEO of Tenant Inc. And we are talking about technology. Now I'm down in Newport at Tenant's headquarters. And so it's a little different setup. It's not our usual podcast setup. So the audio is a little different than we're used to, but this was way too good not to share. So I wanted to make sure that it got out to you guys. Just wanted to give you a heads up. Welcome everybody to Self-Storage Income. And today I'm here with Lance Watkins, the CEO and founder of Tenant Inc., also the founder of Store Local, and a whole bunch of other things in the self-storage world. So today we want to talk about what is new and what is going on in the self-storage world, um, especially in the last few years, uh, especially on the tech front, obviously. Right. Uh, a lot of it has been, I view, like more democratized and continues to be. I think there's a lot of advantages but not only are not everybody taking advantage of the tools and resources out there, uh, a lot of people don't even really know or understand. And so hopefully we can update people a little bit on what's out there, but even just the questions they should be thinking about to know. Obviously, you know, tech's one of those things where I look at it and you need to be able to understand it as a tool, but not necessarily how it works, right? right? And so if we can hit on that, that'll, yeah. that'll do, do a lot. Yeah, you can't understand how, how it all works no. because it's, it's just, it's too complex, it's changing too often, but you absolutely can pay attention to how it's changing yes. your, your daily routine, right? Um, you know, we can talk a lot of things, uh, we can talk about a lot of things and, and, and I think at the end maybe we can talk about how it's affecting investors. There are things that you're doing on a daily basis that you might not recognize that are going to change self-storage. And I'll, I'll give you an, an interesting one. Think about when we travel now, right? We, we all travel a lot, especially as, as owners of storage facilities. Um, I travel internationally, um, overseas for you know our, our business. I don't have a ticket in my hand anymore. You know, I, I'm literally staring at a camera as I'm walking through the gate on international flights and it's just facial recognition. It's 
grabbing me biometrics and it's opening the little door, right? Little thing like you get getting on a subway or something and you're getting on a, on a, on a plane. What is that, right? That's, that's, that's video. That sensor is getting everywhere. And if, if you think about the tools that are at the airport right, right now for boarding planes, like clear, for instance, yeah. right? Everybody, everybody knows what clear is, that they're probably using it in, in their travels. Who cares? What does that have to do with storage? Well, maybe you've seen clear now doing authentication of who you are on your LinkedIn profile. How'd that get there, right? And and what's the power of KYC, know your customer? Is that a tool that's gonna help you onboard customers? Is that a tool that's gonna open your gates? What's driving that tool? Biometrics and a video, right? Some Some camera, which is now cheap as dirt, right? It's all software, it's all tech, and it's handling things as complicated as getting on a flight to Dubai or verifying your your account on a social media platform. You don't even fill out anything. You don't even talk to anybody. You go up and you put your eyes and stare at the thing and it says go. Yep. And you walk out of the airport. We know this these things, but are we applying them to self-storage? And are we looking at those efficiencies? All those employees that were involved in that process have been reduced down. The accuracy has gone up. But what what always gets my attention is, is it better for the customer? Is it a better experience for me when I'm traveling through those elements or, you know, when you know, when I when I got this validation or wanting to validate me as as who I am on LinkedIn, I was like, oh boy, this is gonna suck, right? Like I'm gonna go through all this crap. And then all of a sudden I hit the button and I see clear. And I'm like, and I knew they were headed down that path and I know they're headed into access control. And it was like a relief, yeah. right? Because I knew it was gonna happen. I knew it was gonna be easy. And I knew it was gonna be accurate. We're gonna to have to do all this stuff and you know, you know it's verification oh. could be a nightmare, documentation, all that stuff. It just got rid of that friction. Yeah, and so payments are the same way. You know, again, I, I, I beat on this all the time. Remember that you are a customer in areas and take those experiences you have. I would assume that most of our listeners buy things online. When you're in that process, there are times, particularly if you're shopping for maybe unique things that aren't just on Amazon, there are times where you're like, oh boy, this checkout process is gonna suck. Like, I'm gonna have to create an account. I'm gonna have to create a password. I'm gonna have to probably remember the password someday, you know, and I'm gonna have to go find my wallet. I'm gonna have to do all this stuff. And you see that Apple Pay button? Oh, if they don't use Apple Pay, I won't even buy it now. And it's just like, you feel good. And, And guess what? It brings credibility to the, the payment yeah. or the transaction or to the business. And you believe when you smash the side of your phone twice, the thing's gonna show up. Yeah. And the transaction's gonna happen. And the second you do, you get a notification on your phone that it went through, went through. right? Mm-hmm. And so these elements make the difference between yep. having somebody frustrated and calling the call center and costing you 20 or 30 bucks or not calling it, right? So payments are radically changing the 
the Venmos of the world that, that are owned by PayPal and PayPal going heavily into AI and Google Pay and Apple Pay and Cash App. You know, and I'm not suggesting we're going to do all these things because we're not, because some of them aren't going to be financially feasible or we're, we're not going to want to pay the surtax in some of those things, but some of them we will want to, and we'll look at the conversion and look at how easily that manages our customers, and we will want to adapt to that, yeah. that stuff. So payments are radically changing right now, and I'm talking like daily practically, right? Like keeping up with that. Same with the video that we talked about with the clear example. The tools that are out there are, uh, the price has dropped to nothing, Yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and, and they're available to all of us. And if you start creatively thinking of how you can use them and you have tech that's enabled to work with these, these tools, you are gonna place your business in a premium position in the customer's mind, in the conversion mind, within your market, within data. Yeah. Freaking data. You know, it was just a few years ago that, it, and let's just talk about self-storage because that's what we do, but let's just talk about self-storage. Only the public companies really had the capability um, a couple private companies, count them on one hand, were, were using data um, and, and, and not even using it that effectively, right? Not even using the most sophisticated tools. And now that AI is here, that's all reshuffled. Like public storage, I believe, is on Tableau, right? As a, as a BI tool. Well, that was cool a few years ago, right? That ain't so cool anymore, right? Yeah. You know? The heads of that company like the data visualization tools, like the graph. Big effing deal, right? Like, because they all have data visualization tools now. Yeah. What do some of the big boys have? They own things like Chat, you know, Microsoft, Power BI, AI overlaying. Yeah. As long as you get all the pretty pictures as, as well. And so data was unaffordable or unmanageable by smaller storage operators just a few years ago. Yeah. It's another, com just like just like the video and the payments, it's getting commoditized and it's becoming available to all of us. And you have to have a system that you can interact with. But me, I, you know, I, I, I don't know, I 12, 15 stores, what I have, 14 stores, I don't know. Too busy in tech to, to to track, but I couldn't do that last year. Yeah. This year, I have got better tools than the public companies have today, and I know that for a fact because I know what they have. And guess what? It costs me like so little. Yeah. So little. You know, I'm I'm all in at Microsoft for twenty bucks a seat. Yeah. Including that. By the way, that's the most money I could spend with Power BI is 20 bucks. Yeah. Like I can't, I can't try to spend more. That's, that's how it's commoditized. They, they have said, we're gonna own this market, right? And we're gonna, and guess what? We have one of the biggest chat tools in the world and we're gonna layer that in. Oh, and guess what? It's gonna also work with all of our other products. Matter of fact, a lot of you, depending on what Office 360 product you're in, 
You already own it. You already have. You don't even have to buy it. You already have access in your bundle. Well, I think that gets right? to the heart of the one of the biggest problems and even questions right now is I think people are overwhelmed. There's, I mean, even the idea of AI and everything that you can do um, with market analysis and data and leveraging this stuff, it, it's it's too much for a lot of people. Where they they look at the tech stack now, yep. and we've had it is overwhelming, and then you have problems with the lack of or the actual power of the connectivity, meaning that different platforms and how they connect, how they talk, how they work with each other. And uh, I think for operators, we have two sides. We have the business side and then we have the customer side. So we have our tech stack as it runs is a merging or a, confl- uh, you know, a confluence of the customer's experience and how our uh, backend, so how our how my employees and how our backend office and our front-end employees, all that, merge into the customer experience from by the time it starts. And as that merges in though, if that tech stack isn't aligned and every flu- and really fluid, you start if, to get breaks. If, and, if, if, te- yeah. if tech isn't making you more money, revenue-wise, converting customers better, you know, managing customers better, or if isn't saving you money operationally don't even touch it. Yeah, it's a waste. Like it's a waste. Mm-hmm. It's a freaking. It's it's a rabbit hole. You drive yourself crazy. Yeah. And by and money, we're obviously talking about efficiencies too. So yeah. time, things like that. That's obviously. Can you money. Re- can yeah. you reduce staff? Can yeah. you? We're increase... not talking about how much you pay for a, a piece of tech. That's not. No. Can you increase the speed of certain processes? Mm-hmm. Can you reduce the amount of people? How how can you drive down the number of calls that get to your people because you we still need people in our product right you people aren't going anywhere right we still need people to service our customers or even to work internally how do we drive down those calls yeah you know? how do we how do we make it so simple that people can use our product because our product is pretty damn simple it's yes. an empty friggin box guys yeah like yeah <laughs> Now you know people think that oh you're overcomplicated. No, we're 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 trying we're trying to simplify and streamline well, and, and, and that's make the more problem efficient. though. And I think it's the problem. And people view it as oh this is making something complex that shouldn't be. Yeah. But you're not. You're actually carving out. So the tech tech is like you, you remember how we used to have um what were they called it, like we I wanted to download. A video online, but I couldn't, so yeah. we had to compress the video. Um, uh, MP, well, not MP3, but, that's but, the, yeah, the, the compressors. Uh, and so we'd compress that data down, right. so then we could package it and then we could stream it, or I could send it out. Yeah. Well, that's what I view in like the timeline. So what tech does is it carves out all these things we have to do to get to an end goal, and it compresses it into a more fluid, simple, usable, transferable format. So what looks complicated is actually shortening timeframes, line, getting rid of frictions that should end result in a happier customer and an easier way of delivering the product. And a lot of people confused, it's complicated, it's simple with the fact that my customer doesn't care. That's not the same thing. 
Um, meaning that the difference of people successful and online is literally the difference of one or two clicks. That's oh. it. No. That's it. Yeah. It, yeah. The friction in onboarding customers has to be completely reduced. That's something that we're working on every day and we're constantly improving. Um, we'll be rolling out improvements on that over the next quarter or two that just blow everybody's mind. But, you know, there's a great video that, that just was released a little over a week over a week ago. It's the CEO of PayPal. PayPal is one of the largest payment processors in the world globally. They're huge. They have an insane amount of data. Um, and they are starting to compete with Google Pay and Apple Pay um, and also Venmo. And so they have understood the peer-to-peer -peer transfer of money. And now that's getting commercialized, right? And that's going into business. and. And you know your customers are asking for your customers are using it right so there's there's so much data there but but the thing that'll shock you if you guys go watch that video um, I think it's like a 17 minute video it's very highly produced um, it created a lot of uh, uh, riff on Wall Street about the AI tools that they're using in, in payments and what they can do with that some people were freaking out but it's um, listen listen to the parts of e-commerce and how the drop-off on buying a product in certain obstacles that that we used to put in are there. It's huge. It's enormous. I mean, think about it. it if 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 your tech kills one conversion of an eighteen to twenty-two hundred dollar value on a on a sell, right? For us, if you lose one, right? Yeah. You have you have hurt your business or your or, or your tech is 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 costing you. So it is it is a game of pennies. It always has been a game of pennies, but it's also a game of single percent improvements in those areas and what you can do. Yeah. Like tech, you know you clearly you clearly use commoditized tech. You probably looked at the weather before you came out here. Yep. Right? Yep. And that's why you have those high water pants on. Right? Because we just had yeah. all that rain. Heard, heard you're going to have rain. So I well, had to get, get a big car because you guys yeah. don't know how to drive in the rain. There you go. Yeah, exactly. You know. Prepared. <laughs> What's up, everybody? The number one question that I get from you guys and others, is this a good deal? Meaning, should I pay for this price? Is there opportunity? And what is the risk? Well, we actually do that for you. And we can actually show you and tell you through feasibility studies. We underwrite the asset and the market just exactly how we look at the deal. And we provide you with a full report, including financials, competitions, and what's happening in the marketplace. We look at opportunity and risks. These are studies that you'll even need when you go to banks to get money. If you're looking at a storage facility and you want us to analyze that market and deal, follow the link in the show notes to get your feasibility study today. Well, let's talk about the tech stack then. So what, what are the components in there? A lot of operators are going, all right, a simple format. I need to lease a unit. They need to pay their bill. When they leave, I need to clean that unit up, get it back ready to lease again. Yeah, and that's a, um, so so we're working on multiple steps. There, there, there are some companies out there that are oversimplifying the, the process from the perspective that, I know the attorneys, so I won't use the two public companies' names, but two of the biggest mm -hmm. storage companies out there, 
the number one problem that they're having when they're hiring attorneys with a, a, a relationship between the, the company and a tenant is um, no contract. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, like they got a problem and it's like, okay, what is, what did they do? What did they sign for the lease? Like, what did they do? Right. Like, and you still have these very large, largest companies that are like, uh, we, we don't know. You can't just get in our company. Well, you can do anything you want. Like, I don't care what you do. I would recommend that you think about the balance between our statutory requirements, right? Yeah. Because we have those 51 states, right? Including DC that we try to follow. Mm-hmm. And then you and then you take the basis of a legal contract, you know, offer, acceptance, consideration. Mm-hmm. And and you figure out how you get across that goal line as quick as possible, as easy as possible. And then you figure out what other statutory components that you have may be specific to your property. It may be specific to the entitlements that you got for that property. It may be to your state. It may be to your business practice that you follow. And you decide where you lay that in. And then you just start to decide on your KYC sort of stuff. Know your customer or your upsells. Like at what point, you know, how, how important is some of that that fintech to us, right? That yeah. that insurance yeah. or that protection. It's pretty important, right? And yeah. where is the time to grab that? Yeah. And then and then and then how are you measuring all that, right? And I yeah. go back to where data is now becoming available. It's becoming available like like our customers it's becoming available because we have been building tools for ten years now. We've yeah. been layering foundations to get there. We didn't just do this overnight. Yeah. This has been a 10-year journey. And and we are almost to that Shangri-La moment of true attribution to where we are now pulling in data sets from Google's latest tools with GA4, right? Mm-hmm. And how, you know, that's a complicated that's a complicated task. We we have three data projects going on at the same time here at Tenant. 3 and 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 they're almost siloed in a way which isn't healthy and it's expensive but they're all three projects that are super complex to get to sets of data sets that we can all then get into what we call our tenant warehouse so then we can then bring it back out cleanly to a bi tool like Power BI or Tableau or Sysense or ClickView or whatever you want to use. Like, we don't care. We're working with one right now. Um, well, actually, we're, that's not true. We're working with several, but we think we know the winner um, for a bunch of reasons. That data set is going to tell you things like the majority of your customers move out on this day. You know, the majority of the transactions happen at this time. The least amount of tracks happen at this time. Adjust operations, right? I. I'll tell you, I, you know, here's some freebies, right, for for everybody, um, you know, and these are the reasons, you know, I'm, I'm just I'm plug myself, I'm gonna plug our company. Um, these are the reasons that everybody should be talking to us, and these are the reasons that when we talk about how investors in companies that aren't using this are getting hurt. Something that jumped out at us the other day: um, what percentage? 
of our online transactions are happening on an iPhone mm-hmm. compared to an Android. Yeah. Right? So it was just recently that, that iPhone in the American market surpassed um, Android as the number one phone. Now it's, I think, 58, 58% of us in America are on this device. Yeah. Right? So you would think that 58% of our rentals are coming through this device, right? In the mobile side, right? Yeah. And if and 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 you know, so much of your business on mobile now. If you're not if you're not in that area, right? You're not even in the game. Like if you're even reviewing your stuff on desktop or laptop, yeah. you're just wasting your time. Yes, like one hundred percent. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like it's it's cool to mobile chat. Mobile is all that matters, and and it's device specific. Well, so so fifty eight percent of people are using this, but. We are doing double the transactions in renting a storage space with this compared to an Android in I, the American market. Double. I knew it would be high, it's but double. I can't believe it's double. It's that's double. pretty. That's pretty sure. Right, and that and some of those more extreme silo datas that now we're getting into our warehouse that we can expose into BI, right? Okay. And now we're starting to be able to track the value of those customers, the lifetime of those customers, the days that they're transacting, the time that they're transacting. We are able to get insights today that just a year ago were just a dream. And then getting you know to those true attribution numbers, true attribution numbers of, of the different areas that we are investing our money in to work with our customers. Are we getting it? Let's go back to this, this thing here. Yeah. So, we were already on a hyper acceleration for more advanced payment products in our system. Well, it became very fast and simple to prioritize where we go, right? Because we only have so much money and time as tech company, right? We can't do everything at once, obviously, because we've been spending 10 years to get to where we're at. Yeah. But, but that data told us as a company where our customers' customers are and where we can reduce the frictions. And that's huge because if I can help my customers convert one or two percent more business by by streamlining to who we know the user is now of our product, yeah. that's monstrous. Yeah. I mean forget about the cost of your of your software. It's insignificant. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Because you just made so much more money than with our competitors. Yeah. Like that. And 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 operators, you know, what trip over over dollars to pick up pennies. We say that all the time. This industry, you guys, you do that a lot. I, the payments side of thing is so deep. Like like think about this, right? What do we do now? Like what what's the normal what's the normal process now when we're in an e-commerce situation? We're like we're just getting a credit card out and we're tapping if we're not using our phone. Our phone we're tapping, right? Credit card we're t- we're we're tapping. Now now when we're having to insert we're like like it feels like it's the USB plug that we had for the last but 20 years or whatever, right? Where it's like you plug it in and oh then you plug it in and you plug it in this way, right? That's what's happening with credit cards, right? Like you get all these slots and all these devices and you're like uh, 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 like now you're just like the ones that are done well. You see that symbol, and you're just going, "Well, where'd that start? How how long ago did those companies that have that tech 
invest. Now, I, hopefully I'm not wrong on this, right? Because I'm getting this information online and you, you know, you, 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 you can't Googled always trust it. that. Nice, great. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is really interesting. So that tech has been around for about 10 years. Well, it's the payment guys that invented that tech. But they knew that they couldn't get the customer to have the wherewithal or sense or trust to do that, yeah. to, 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 just, to just tap. So guess what they did? They invested that tech 10 years ago, if I'm getting this story right, and I believe I am, you guys can go fact check me and prove me I'm wrong because I got this, this shit online. They went to the train stations and the subway stations and invented that concept of, of with the ticket or the, or the scan to get through to get on your subway yeah. to train people to do yeah. this. To, this was a training of muscle memory that started 10 years ago for long-term goals of these companies yeah, customer to, to get the customers mm -hmm. to where they're at today, right? Yeah. And so as storage operators, so what? Well, when giant companies have trained your customers on how to do business, it could be a button to click, right? Like the number two website in the world, YouTube, right? When we see that triangle now, we know a video is going to play, or we believe with high confidence a video is going to play. So why in the world would, would we as software people try to reinvent that wheel? Our creatives will. We always got to like pull them back. Why do we want to, to try to teach our customers anything that hasn't been commoditized, that's not in their daily wheelhouse, that makes them confident in who they're using, makes them familiar? Makes them realize like, okay, this is gonna be simple to yeah. pay my bill. Yeah. This is gonna be simple to open my gate. This is gonna be simple to open my door. This is gonna be simple to go into, you know, auto, but this is gonna be simple to move out. This is gonna yeah. be simple to move in. Well, it it speaks to the problem though, the, the how we are conditioned to utilize. At some point you hit a, you know, vast majority where that becomes the norm. And so instead of being an upgrade or accepted as, it is actually a barrier and so for operators that do not do it, all of a sudden, it's not even that they can't uh, charge competing prices, but they can no longer capture customers because it is no longer within the infrastructure that we, they're used to, but it is also not in the methodology that they are built in to consume that product. And that's why we believe that the long-term um, things like touchless rentals are such a big deal because you have other industries now that have gone so much to yeah. accept it. You, you put hotels, you do all these things, they move to touchless rentals and then it is an accepted practice yeah. of a customer to accept it. So then if you do not provide it, they will no longer want to, or they, they, not even that they won't, they won't know how, meaning that I don't know how to purchase you. So if, if, I, if I'm looking for a product online and I want to go online to buy a bag of dog food. Um, I go online. You want, to make a, you want to make a reservation for the dog and bag food, right? That's right. Exactly. <laughs> so if I'm trying to do that, then I don't, and I don't go to Google or Amazon, 
right? Um, because the business thinks that I should purchase online a different way, right? It, all of a sudden, the customer doesn't even know how to get your product. Right. And that's where we're ending up in storage. And I see operators that they're like, they're not tech, they, they say it's too complicated, which I know a lot of people are listening to this and they're going, okay, there's a lot of stuff that's yeah. going on, everything, we're talking about answers. But in the fundamental sense, it's about putting your product in the means of which the customer accepts and is willing to participate in this exchange. And if you are not doing it because you think it's complicated, the customer doesn't care what you think. And yeah. they don't even know how to purchase in the means. Obviously, we are still in an era of transition, but that is rapidly changing. And two, we've already surpassed the uh, acquisition point not being on mobile. That's done. That's over. Remember when Amazon started training us all right and, and simplified the process and like that? You know, I was doing this, you know, I might go and I might have gone into Ace Hardware for a hundred foot extension cord and actually gone to Amazon to like check the price, right? Mm -hmm. And be like, you know, um, you know, geez guys, like this is cheaper online. Like, you know, I might have negotiated, whatever. I might have checked that right now. Like, if there's a product, I may go on Amazon and spend more for it, you know, not a, a lot more, but I may spend for more for it because it's just going to show up. Yeah, I don't have and, to go. And, and, and there's sure. been times I have done that where I'm standing there in front of a product. I could take it. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I don't even have to walk up to the counter and get a credit card out and stand in that little line and, well, and wait five takes. minutes. It's just like slap the side of my phone. All it takes and I believe it's is gonna show up. you go to the store and you say, I need this product and they don't have it. And I immediately go, why did I drive all the way here when I hit buy? And what I've done now is I've just put a negative correlation to that action and a positive correlation with the other one. So the next time I go to go to the store to do it, I'm not even gonna do it right. because I have a negative correlation with it. And a positive, I go, I should just buy it here anyways, because I'm going to go down and they might not have it. Then I waste my time, my gas, my money, where I know I buy here, it's going to come. So what they've done is they put it into a way that it isn't, it's, it's not even that it's a, a benefit, right? It's a known. I know that I'm going to get what I want. And that's the only reason I was going to the store. And so it makes it very fluid and easy. And when you look at the customer acquisition process and storage, depending on how fluid that is online, your drop-off rates when you're utilizing your online sites. So the marketing to the site, to the sell, um, how, how I look at this acquisition of the customer acquisition and, and the drop-off rates, I think that's the biggest problem that people have. The clunkiness, they're running ads, they're pushing things to a site, they're not converting. Yeah. Why? Because they're not doing it in the way the customers expect. So you do not have you, you, the customers and you, and you don't, and you don't, and you don't have the and you don't have the data back to data. Like we've always you talked about data, yes. data, data, data. We've heard that for ten years, and it's just been a great talking point. It's been a pipe dream. None of us really had it. You couldn't you couldn't correlate everything. You couldn't get it together. You couldn't connect all the dots. That's over. That's over. Now That's you over. And and we are already at REIT plus par today in our system today. Like I go right out there and 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 look at BI tools that you know yeah. I know are superior. Yeah. Because I know who built the other ones, right? Yeah. I know that. Yeah. Right? That's today.
Yeah, and um, that's never and, and, happened and before. It's never happened before, and we're going to make that available to the little operator. So, if I'm a small operator or a first-time operator, what are the main points in my tech stack that I just have to have, and why? We got about ten minutes here, and so how? What what are those points? When I go say I'm getting into storage here, I want to buy this property. I, before I even put an offer on it, I know I'm going to put an offer on this thing. And then I go into contract, I have due diligence, I need to see their tech stack, I need to know how can I operate this thing, even if it's not like up to par, but better, so, what do I need to have? Customer first, in, in my opinion, right? <clears throat> like, like I am a huge believer of, you know, uh, I mean, this is an Amazon saying, but I feel like I was there, you know, before Amazon, to be honest with you, obsessed with the customer. Right, I had an experience where I bought a car for my mom. I've said this on camera before in less time than I could rent a 10 by 10 at my store. And I left that day really pissed off. I'm like, this is insane. And that led, that started me down a tech path that I've been obsessed with for, for a dozen years. Customer first. So what does that mean, right? It's gotta be cloud. You gotta have, you gotta work with vendors that have the ability to to expose information or have the creativity, right? Like if, if I can expose variable amenities to a customer on the fly, like maybe access control and give them different options and different costs and, and, and start to create loyalty programs and such, those are big. Those are customer first yeah. deals. So you have to have a tech that is accepting of new products and services because no single tech company will ever solve all problems. No way. Nope. Um, does it work within your vertical? The tech has to be vertical, and that's a concept. So I'm going to just use my hands if tag doesn't jump up here. So a vertical SaaS, a vSaaS is what we are, means everything to manage your business and your customers are within this vertical, right? Not like we got to go over here to get the CMS system. We got to go over here to get the the, the web, and we got to go over here to get the native, and we got to go over here to get the mobile. We got to go over here to you know get our data out to a, a, you know to a data user like a like a BI tool. That's how all of you out there that aren't in our system are doing business because we are the only VSAS out there. Period. Right, and your competitors, your your customer will tell you they are bullshit. It, this this is the only vertical in the industry. Just as toast is when you go pay at the restaurant, just as service titan is when your plumbers come to your properties, as well as every other product you use, they're in verticals today. They're no longer in these big ERP systems with with Salesforce and and Oracle and on and on and on because they're so complicated. A storage company can't afford or manage it. It's difficult we put it all there you have to be you don't have to do anything you can do whatever the hell you want your cut your, your investors will suck wind um, you want to be there because that streamlines for the, the customer you know I, I we, we did a seminar the other day people were making changes to their whole portfolios we were launching products and showing them I felt like I felt it was a very proud moment you know and our, our customers, storage portfolio operators, were literally making dynamic changes to the payment and delinquency and onboarding process live, sitting in the audience to their whole portfolio. 
because it was all verticalized from the consumer side to the back end side to the delinquency process it was all here they weren't going here and here and here and here and passwords and logins and whatever and how do we do this and how does it work that is really critical because you make business decisions quickly right yeah super important data is so important get there because back when I said early with investors here's where's the tragic because I'm an investor right mm -hmm. I, I obviously have my own properties but I invest in other deals right I will no longer invest in a deal and it's been this way for a while it's conditional and it's not because I'm trying to make money over here it's conditional that that company does certain business practices because I know I will make more money yeah like I know that I have the data yeah. right and so why in the world would I invest with you when you go over to freaking some unorganized overpriced private equity led you know company or somebody that doesn't understand the storage industry the way we do and use that product because yeah. I'm gonna make less money and so you have these really large companies that are going into systems because it's there or they think it's easy or it's established or whatever reason they're justifying and their investors are paying the price. And as an investor, you don't know it. It might be in the payment system. It might be on the conversion side. It might be on the RevMan side. It might be on the data analytics side you know, on and on and on. It may be in the more expensive operational platform they need to manage all this crap. But guess what? You're not maximizing your return as an investor. And that is on you. You're a shopper, you can make the decision. You can, you can ask these questions. If they whiteboarded it for you, you'd go, this is a bowl of spaghetti. What are you doing? Yeah. It needs to be connected and streamlined. Yeah. Now, um, for this, we've got, you know, a suite, the suite of products that are all connected, latched on, yeah. everything else. We have software, but then we have the uh, back end and the hardware piece that is now becoming more and more important in storage. So on this tech stack and how it interworks with the hardware, that yeah. front facing part, how important do you think that is? And do you think that that is going to be more and more important? Super, important? super important. That hard, that hardware um, needs to work in the cloud, right? Has to work in the cloud. Um, and it has to have open APIs. The, it is, it is, it is um, greedy as, as a provider of a service that you tell your customer that, no, you can only go over here to see the data. Like you've got to log in and log out. Like the same thing that we know drops off our customers when they rent with us or pay bills with us. All of that, like they feel more empowered with the, by controlling you, you know, uh, nuts. So that, that we are seeing a change in, um, but the legacy, providers in our industry still don't get it they don't they don't understand the frustration of their customers like on how they have to do business to solve just a daily function 
over and over and over again, whether it's on site or from a call center. And as we're moving to remote management, this cloud element becomes even more critical. It has, it, it, it has to be ex, extendable to all of the functions that happen at a facility and maybe even extendable to all the services that will enter. I don't think we're very far away from crowdsourcing services at our industry, whether it's janitorial or cleaning out spaces or getting them back into inventory. Yeah. I don't think we're very far away from that because as we go with more remote management models. I mean, Airbnb did yeah. it like unbelievably effectively. Yeah. You know, look at all of the, all of the business that came up around Airbnb that makes that service work. Yeah. Without the, without cloud, wouldn't work. Yeah. No, hundred percent. Wouldn't be able to manage it. Well, we have exciting things coming up. It's amazing what's happened in just the last few years and how this tech has come downstream. It's, it's, you know, mind-blowing from 10 years ago um, in the last few years, and it seems like it's picking up space, and that's exciting to see and exciting to see what everybody at Tenant is doing to bring it to the forefront. So, uh, everybody, go check it out. You can head to the site and follow the link below, and thanks for coming on, Lance. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you.